This is an explicit podcast. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, you beautiful fucks, and welcome, and welcome. It's the comedy podcast. It's time for the comedy podcast. It's time to make jokes about penises. It's time to make jokes about anuses. It's time to possibly go to jail. Welcome to number 150 of the comedy podcast. Quite a milestone. Thank you so much for following me on my journey here. You beautiful fucks made it to the top 10 of the Spotify charts. Uh, Building a community of people who like really crude comedy in Malaysia. Not really done before to this scale, if I'm not mistaken. This episode is coming to you on Thursday, 5th May 2021. I'm super excited for today's episode. Uh, I know I haven't been uh, the best person, guys. I mean, I'm not a perfect human being. I'm not. I'm not perfect. I'm sorry. I can't be perfect. Now it's just too late. What is it about that time period? Was it uh, the mid-2000s? A lot of the songs just happened to be from these emo bands, right? Whatever happened? What happened to bands? We used to have the likes of System of a Down, Avenge Avenge Sevenfold, Simple Plan, uh, Sum 41, Blink 182, dominating the radio charts. And then David Guetta came along and Avicii. And then they made the music. That kind of music that made that, that made children like me at the time dream about going clubbing, meeting the women, you know. <laughs> going to the clubs, uh, seeing that hot girl be like, hey, you come around here often, you know, that kind of, that, that's why the, that music sold so well, because people were looking for sin. It used to be just hating our parents, you know, that's what the, th- the mid-2000s, every song was, my parents, my feelings, you broke my heart. That's not a real song. I just made that one up. But that was that was basically every song. Every simple plan, Sum 41, Blink, 182. Just emo shit. And then they died off, right? Why am I talking about emo bands? I can't even remember anymore. Anyway, I haven't been the best. <laughs> I think I remember now. I haven't been the best person. I make mistakes, guys. I've been so bad. on In almost every episode... I go and tell you beautiful fucks, hey, write in a question, write in a question. And then you fucks write to me these long-winded, beautiful questions that I just don't put in the time to talk on my podcast. And in this special episode number 150, I'm going to fix that, you beautiful fucks. Here I am. Instead of ending the episode with questions, I'm going to start with them. All right, let's do this. The first listener question is about interracial relationships. Do you guys remember that beautiful fuck, the beautiful Chinese lady fuck who was uh, dating this uh, Muslim Malay boy and asked me about um, dating this guy and then having resistance uh, from her parents? Well, she followed up. So let's see what she has to say. I'm a Buddhist sweat emoji. Oh, okay, because uh, I was asking her if she was Christian in the previous episode, if you remember. And I dro- and I don't drink soju. What's wrong with soju? Huh? 
Do you hate Koreans? <laughs> nah, I'm sure you don't hate Koreans. It's fine. I'm kidding. So yeah, I'm a Buddhist and I don't drink soju. The part where you mentioned about the things to think about if I have to convert to Muslim, to Islam, young lady. Uh, Islam is the religion, Muslim is the person. If I have to convert to Muslim, is it possible to talk about it in an episode? I asked my boyfriend about it, but he said he doesn't know it. Oh, he doesn't know the consequences of converting. Okay, I can tackle that. I'm going to continue reading. We've been together for about seven months and 15 days now. You're, that's nothing, man. That's a fling, chillax. <laughs> I have thought about having to give up pork and alcohol. Uh, parentheses. I'm not a drinker anyway. End parentheses. And my religion. But I know there's so much more than that I would have to give up and my friends have told me before too, but they aren't too sure if there was more to it or not and I'm not either. I have a best friend from my high school and we have hung out many times. He's also a Muslim but my mom is okay with him because we met in primary school. However, I met my boyfriend online which makes my mom so cold to my boyfriend. Why? Is your mom one of those people who's against technology? Just back in my day, we used to meet in the sewing machines. The boy would come in with torn trousers and I would help him sew him up and we would ruin his trousers again. Um, <laughs> uh, fuck, where was I? She avoids conversation when she sees him and doesn't let him come into my house. So last time he used to drive to my house and I'd sit on the ledge outside my house for two hours talking and spending time with him. But my neighbors started gossiping and told my dad that I was outside sitting with a Malay guy. Mind you, my dad is against me meeting my best friend. So my mom and I kind of teamed up and said I was going to meet my girlfriend. So anyway, after my dad found out, he couldn't come to my house anymore. And I can't really go out either, even if COVID-19 didn't exist. Sad emoji. I know my parents are just being protective since I'm the youngest, but I kind of feel like my home is my prison. The last time I saw my boyfriend, I invited him to hang out with my uni friend, but it was kind of awkward. I know he felt awkward and it was also for me, but I told my friend to hang out with me for the whole day, so ditching her would be the worst thing to think of. What Boy, what a way to end. Okay, so I think the crux of your question here, beautiful young lady, is that what... What, what are the things to think about when converting to Islam? Well, it's, converting to Islam is not a small thing, all right? It affects almost everything in your life. You know, during Ramadan, if the police wanted to, they could send you to jail if you ate in public during Ramadan. Uh, but seeing, seeing as your face is hella Chinese... Uh, that might be less of a problem for you. Unless you go out wearing a hijab then <laughs> or a tudong and you decided to eat in public um, for whatever reason, then yeah. So that's one thing to think about. Another thing is obviously the pork and the alcohol. I mean, how, how chill is your boy? You know what I mean? Is he going to just let you convert on paper or do you have to do the whole thing and actually believe? And that's, that to me is the most important thing, the act of believing. You know, becoming a Muslim comes with uh, certain beliefs. You need to believe that God is the only God and the Holy Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, is his one and only messenger. You have to whole 
heartily believe that you need to change the wiring in your brain and the way you see the entire world. And in my opinion, you should, if you want to take that step, you should only take that step if you truly believe. Not because you like this Malay guy's dick, you know what I mean? Not because of just for pure love you should convert. I think that's uh, not a smart way to do it. If I were you, I would study Islam and uh, only convert into Islam if you honestly fell in love with the religion yourself. That's my opinion. Your love for the religion should be bigger than your love for this boy. That's the proper way to do it. But if you are a flawed human being, like most of us, then yeah, you can marry him for love, then change it on paper to say that you're Muslim, then you can be a sort of a half Muslim like most people are. Don't pray five times a day. Uh, drink alcohol time to time. Eat pork when your husband's at work. <laughs> Just sneak out with your friends during lunchtime. Is that... <laughs> I think that's what a lot of people do. But just to reiterate some of the stuff that I think I already mentioned, but like, yeah, it affects your entire life, lady. You know, when you die, you can't be buried the, the Buddhist way. You can't be burned. You have to, um, your final resting place must be in a, a Muslim cemetery. Yeah. When you want to split your assets, let's say you had a million ringgit when you pass away. And uh, you can't give that to whoever you want. Uh, you can only give a small portion of it to whoever you want. The rest of it must be divided according to Islamic law. So you don't have a say in it because Islamic law ha has found the best way to sort of divvy up these resources. And you, you, you don't have agency in that regard because you are a flawed human being and Islam is perfect, 100%. No sarcasm there. Really, I mean it, guys. I don't want to go to jail and I'm, and I'm speaking from the heart. They probably know better how to divvy up these assets, okay? Another thing to think about, obviously, is uh, your mama and papa. Oh, my God. I think they're gonna, you're going to break their hearts, you know? Who do you love more, your parents or, your, or this boy that you've been dating for seven months and 15 days? I mean, <laughs> your mama who pushed you out of her vagina and your papa who, I'm guessing, works tire tirelessly to provide for your family, even though he's a dick. Yeah, not letting you see these boys. You need to understand that at the end of the day, he would die for you, young lady. He would jump in front of a car. He would take a bullet. Is this boy going to do it? You'll probably be like, oh, my dad is such a dick. He's not letting me hang out with my boyfriend. But <laughs> when it comes to it, who's got your back? Let me tell you something, young lady. Seven months is nothing. Seven months is not even long enough to necessarily have your first big fight. It really isn't. I remember uh, being in this five-year relationship, okay, that was just tumultuous, horrendous, I mean, horrendously filled with lots of fights, but we only got into our first fight after nine months. The honeymoon period was a full nine months of just pure bliss and happiness, and I'm guessing that's where you're at right now. So... Before you even think too far into the future, this is this is what I think you should do. Just enjoy flirting with this beautiful Malay boy for a while, yeah? Just enjoy your honeymoon period. Uh, you're probably in university or something, right? Enjoy your youthfulness. Enjoy enjoy your na naivety. Is that how they say na Naivety? Naivety, I think. Naivete. <laughs> 
just be silly, have fun, and uh, prepare yourself for the impending heartbreak uh, that you're about to face with this boy. Because if I was a betting man, I'm not saying for sure you two are going to break up, but I would say the odds are likelier that you're going to break up than you are going to stay together. Don't do anything silly, like get engaged at a really young age. Because let me tell you something, man. Uh, divorce rates are going up. Uh, most relationships outside of marriage fail anyway. So why, 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 why hedge your bets? Okay, I think I've covered pretty much everything. Oh yeah, your children, your children will uh, compulsorily uh, be Muslim. So you cannot, you you can't take them to temple. You can't feed them that uh, beautiful chashu. You cannot give them shandy during Chinese New Year. You know. That's something to think about. Your grandpa, your papa might want to give his grandson, have a beer with his grandson, but uh, your grandson's not allowed to do that. And, uh, oh, but but some advantages. Your kids are going to be Bumi Putra. I, mean, <laughs> I don't know if you count that as an advantage or not, because I honestly don't give a fuck about that. Uh, I, I don't want these rights. But then again, that's very easy for me to say from my privileged position. Coming back to the topic. The yeah the the kids thing something for you to think about uh, okay let me let me just address some of the things you wrote uh, okay you don't you're not a drinker uh, so that's good I mean in general not just religious wise it's gonna help you convert but like for your health you know let me see let me see oh yeah your best friend thing I'm, I I want to know about your best friend so let me read this part again I have a best friend from my high school and we have hung out many times. He's also a Muslim, but my mom is okay with him because we met in primary school. I have a question here. You Is is this guy just a normal best friend? Are you guys just hanging out and laughing or is this guy trying to pee-pee touch you? <laughs> is this the kind of guy that's been loving you for years? You know, texting you all the time, being the shoulder for you to cry on and then you just don't feel attracted to him so you don't couple-couple with him. Is that what's going on here? Uh, I'm just curious. Uh, reply me in my Instagram DMs, and I want to tell my listeners. Uh, I want to tell my listeners the answer to this. Okay, there we go. I help. I hope that that helped you in your thing. Uh, if you have any more specific, specific questions, you can follow up one last time. Okay. Okay, guys. I want to do some advertising on this podcast, but today it's not gonna be about uh, my podcast. It's gonna be about pizza. Would you like? the funniest pizza. Everyone's like, oh, where's the best pizza? I want to taste the best pizza. Well, why why, why you want to be like everyone else? Huh? Why don't you try a different experience? Why don't you try pizza that can make you laugh? If that sounds interesting to you, then go ahead and order pizza from the Crack House Comedy Club. Guys, comedians are starving. Nobody in Malaysia wants to listen to jokes. Nobody's got time for that. Everyone's too busy on Twitter being mad at each other to laugh. So these comedians are just performing stand-up in front of other comedians. It's really sad. So what, what, what are these guys having to resort to? Selling pizzas and pretty darn good pizzas as well. Available on all your food ordering apps, Food Panda, Grab. It's all there. Alternatively, you can call 017-205-6870. You can tell them Harith from the Comedy Podcast sent you. 017-205-6870. They have really nice handmade pizzas made by the beautiful owner, Rizal Van Giesel. 
a really famous comedian that none of you have heard of because you don't give a damn about Malaysian stand-up comedy uh, legends. <laughs> you don't give a damn. He's one of the best, but none of you know. Anyway, listen to some of these pizza uh, fucking uh, flavors, guys. One of them is called I Am What I Am. How fucking smart is that? Are you all just uncultured Malaysian fucks that don't get the Shakespeare reference? It's okay. Order the pizza anyway. I Am What I Am. Just a chicken, pizza, shredded chicken on a light and creamy white sauce base topped with mozzarella, homemade pesto, and chili flakes. <laughs> that sounds delicious. It's just pesto though. I don't know why I think pesto is such a pretentious uh, fucking uh, sauce thing they've got another another flavor called i got beef i like that it means i have a problem only 25 ringgit sambal yet effective a play on words it's a pun on a pizza what more do you want it sambal yet effective Malaysian level spicy aromatic what the fuck is aromatic sambal <laughs> that sounds like a horny sambal Malaysian level spicy aromatic sambal, mozzarella cheese, and slow cooked beef chunks with a sprinkle of chives and a fistful of patriotism. God damn, where can I buy a jar of patriotism? None of you know where to buy a jar of patriotism. Then get it on this pizza, sambal yet effective. Order from the comedy kitchen. They don't, don't they don't only have pizzas, guys. They got they got other stuff too, like plus-sized fries. You know, it's really hard to fuck up French fries. I know comedians don't do much for the advancement of society, but they can make decent French fries. I've had these French fries. They're really good. A generous portion of crispy but fluffy steak-cut fries served with a portion of our creamy pesto. Pe fucking pesto. <laughs> pesto dip. They've got another dish called Ollie's Greasy Balls. Ollie is one of the co-owners. He's a Kwailo, a really plus-sized uh, white individual who found love with a Malaysian and decided to spread his jism and seed into our country and has produced some half Ollie offspring. And he's selling his greasy balls to you. A lucky seven house-made bite-sized garlic bread balls with a liquid gold herb drizzle for you to pour all over. You heard that. Ollie wants to pour his liquid gold all over your balls. Doesn't that sound amazing? Order from the Crack House Comedy Club, available on all your food apps, or call 017-205-6870. And now, back to the podcast. All right, let's tackle another listener question. Um, the, so someone sent me a link to this wonderful news story. I'm going to read a bit of it. A controversial preacher from Indonesia has recently claimed that mandatory face mask laws were crafted by Jews who feel uneasy about seeing Muslims smile at each other as, as they greet the preacher's name is Ustad Ihsan Tanjung, who made the claim during a video entitled Ustad's Kembali Bahas Sholat Distancing. 
During the video, Ihsan Tanjung made several other controversial claims such as the mandatory distancing during jama'ah or mass prayers throughout the COVID-19 pandemic is allegedly against the teachings of the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him. This is fascinating because uh, I don't know if this Ustad is right or wrong. Did, is this a conspiracy? I mean, what, do Jews hate it when Muslim people smile? Is that real? Is that why the Israelis are looking at West, the West Bank? Not the West Bank. I meant to say Gaza. The Gaza Strip in Palestine. Are the Jewish people going, yeah, they're smiling way too much. We need to send some rockets to end the smiles. And then the finance minister was like, Mr. Netanyahu, we are running out of budget for um, for all these rockets. But the Muslims, are they're still smiling. What can we do? And then Netanyahu, uh, prime minister of Israel said, we're going to give them face. We must uh, cover their smiles with face mask. Is that <laughs> is that what Ustaz Ilha, Il is that what Ustaz Ihsan Tanjung is saying? Huh. How did Mr. Netanyahu convince all the other prime ministers to wear the face masks? That's what I want to know. Huh. He convinced Donald Trump that Muslims should stop smiling. Then why is Donald Trump making white people wear masks? Do Jewish people hate white people? Black people in America are also told to wear masks. Do Jewish people hate black people? That would be horrendous. Another question. How did President Netanyahu convince Tan Sri Muhyiddin to make everyone wear face masks? Is Prime Minister Tansri Muhyiddin, a secret Jew. Is that what Ustaz Ihsan Tanjung is saying? Hmm. Then why are Chinese people made to wear masks? Does President Netanyahu hate the Chinese people? <laughs> you see where I'm going with this. I think, uh, I don't know what it is, yeah, but in this part of the world, man, especially the religious types, I don't know why they fall prey to so many crazy conspiracy theories. Look, there are some things that are legitimate, right? Like 9-11 being an inside job. Maybe there's a lot of problems with 9-11. I get that. That's fine. But to, but to blame the Jews for the face mask laws because they hate seeing Muslims smile, I think I, I'm just like, where's the proof of this? And even if you had proof, why would the Jews do that to themselves? That so many people in Israel caught COVID. So Netanyahu was like, fuck it, a bunch of our people died, but at least we can't see the Muslims smile. Does that make any sense to you? I don't know what it is. I don't know why you would blame the Israelis when I think there's a way more probable culprit to the east of Israel, north of Malaysia. Do you guys know which country I'm referring to? It's a pretty big country. A lot of US famous, a lot of famous US politicians allege that the virus came from this country. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to name that country because they might send somebody to kill me. Uh, okay, <laughs> moving on. 
All right. So one of my listeners sent me a TikTok message uh, and a link. This is freaking fascinating. Let me just uh, open the link right here. Wow. Am I going to finish this episode just uh, tackling listener questions? Uh, I wouldn't mind. So let's see. Harif, just to share fun fact, I am working in software development industry recently in the worldwide news. They just decide that... uh, quote, blacklist slash whitelist, excuse me, as uh, offensive terminology because we use blacklist to define bad stuff in the list and whitelist as good stuff in the list. Okay, so that's it. So yeah, apparently uh, in the software development world, these phrases whitelist and blacklist are like uh, just um, considered racist and harmful. And to and she get, sent me a link and I just want to read a little bit of it to just uh, explain this concept to you because it blew my fucking mind. So this is from duncanisbet.co.uk. The title reads, removing, removing harmful language from my lexicon. So many big words. What the hell is a lexicon? I think lexicon is like the language of your brain or something. Let me... Lexicon. I'm opening up the dictionary. The vocabulary of a person, language, or branch of knowledge. Ah, okay. Basically, it's just a big word for vocabulary. And I know even for a lot of you dumb fucks, vocabulary will be a big word. But... (laughs) Vocabulary just means the words you use, right? Okay. The recent Black Lives Matter movement being thrust into the foreground by the death of George Floyd has caused me to reflect on my thoughts and behaviors around race. Reasonable so far. And then what does it say? How can I use my privilege as a white middle-aged man to tackle systemic racism for fuck's sake? Statements like this, right? Look, this guy is totally right in saying and thinking that, but why is it that I just get this total tone of virtue signaling in the sense that everybody look at me, I'm a good person. Please don't riot outside my house and break my windows. (laughs) This person's just like, I'm a terrible person. Everything that my ancestors did was also my fault. Just fucking self-depreciating not in the humorous sense just like i suck i suck i don't know man it just rubs me the wrong way so then he he goes on to say something within my gift to change is my language words matter as words are powerful changing my language is part of a bigger plan to more actively call out racism and sexism where i see it (coughs) excuse me this post is about how I'm changing my language to be less harmful not only to race, but also sex and patriarchy. All right. So uh, I'm not going to read the rest of it. I just wanted to give you a flavor of where these ideas are coming from. Contrary to everything I just said, this is something uh, after a lot of deliberation, something I completely support because the idea is like, why is blacklist bad are you saying that black is bad and why is white list good are you saying white is good and bad is black it's a small thing you know i think there are way better things we could be doing you know like making anything racist illegal supportive programs to help disenfranchised communities build themselves up putting your money where your mouth is through scholarships 
affirmative action in jobs. I think there's a lot of merit in having these ideas. I think those are way more, way more useful than changing these whitelists and blacklists. Because to me, it sounds very trivial. Then again, despite it being trivial, it's still a small step that can sort of uh, improve the situation as a whole. It's kind of like in your room where you have a piece of paper on the table that shouldn't be there. Removing that piece of paper is not going to change your life much today, is it? It's not going to make your room that much cleaner, but it's a step. And that's what I think removing blacklists and whitelists is. As small and as silly as it is, I don't think it's a big deal. I don't think if you say... Uh, hey, can you can you uh, add that stuff to the blacklist, please? I don't think a black pro programmer is going to get PTSD from the servitude of their ancestors, obviously. But I think it's a nice gesture, you know, because that insinuation is still there. Black is bad, white is good. So this is a good step in my opinion. I'm just happy that it's not, you know, instead of whitelist and blacklist, I'm just happy. Like, like come on, it's not like it's whitelist and N-word list, you know what I mean? <laughs> or Indian list. You get where I'm going with this. But again, uh, I think this is a positive step forward. I just can't, uh, I'm just not looking forward to the people who will vir virtue signal about this. There are people that are going to go on their Twitter and they're going to be like, it's a it's about time that we can change uh, the perception of uh, whiteness and blackness in the programming community. Uh, I'm, I've been fighting for this since 2000. And, oh, God. I'm just not looking forward to people retweeting that shit, you know? And you know what? Here's the thing. I think a lot of black people are hard, like strong people inside. You know what I mean? And they're going to look at this and I think, yeah, they're going to be the woke types that are be like, yes, it's about time and fine, good for them. They deserve that. But then there's going to, I just suspect there's going to be some really hard black people who are like, well, who gives a shit? <laughs> Give me money, man. Give, pay me. <laughs> Fuck that. I just feel like a lot of white people use this shit as an excuse so that they don't have to take the bigger steps. You know what I mean? Small stuff like this doesn't make much of a difference. The, there are way better things we can do. Empowering giving a platform to powerful black people so they can inspire other black people. That sounds way better. I'm just, I'm just fucking, <laughs> I don't know, man, something about me. I, I don't, I don't like all these rhetorical like things you can say. You know what I mean? Let's do something about it. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So that's all for the listener questions today. And uh, man, what I have some stuff to talk about. Like uh, my brother want to keep talking about that, but Honestly, guys, I ran out of time. I don't know what to say. I'm shook. An entire episode just addressing your listener questions. If you enjoyed the episode so far, thanks so much for hanging out. You want to help me grow? The best thing you can do is just recommend this podcast to a friend. Uh, an even better best thing you can do is take a screenshot of this beautiful episode right here. Upload it to your Instagram story. You can tag me at the comedy podcast underscore while you are there. You can also submit your listener questions. Uh, I'm, I think I'm going to do a Q&A session. So why don't you ask me anything about me? Looking forward to your questions, uh, you beautiful fucks. I'll speak to you tomorrow. Bye-bye.